Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, where we watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend that you did. I am one of your hosts, Casey O'Brien, and I am joined by my pal, my little Texan dude, Patrick Mallon. Patrick, how are you doing? Doing okay. And you know, it's interesting you say that I'm a little Texan dude, because right now I'm in San Diego, just a mere... Whoa! <laughs> just a mere 100 miles south of you. How does it feel? Can you feel the energy from me? My um, heat? I do feel like they're on the same time zone. And I do like that we're on the same time zone. Um, that feels good. It, I think being away from your city makes you appreciate it more. So that's good. Yeah. Um, I had kind of anticipated that. So it was nice coming back and just seeing, you know, things that you're nostalgic for. Yeah. Like um, a little nostalgia bump. Yeah. However, I'm... Um, overall pretty unhappy to be back because the only reason i'm back is is for work yeah um i would i would prefer to just come back and and be back and not have to like have responsibilities yes uh so yesterday was in a really really foul foul mood just having to be at work and people were like it's gonna be back in the office and i'm like yeah. no <laughs> mm-hmm. you love small ch- you love small talk oh i loathe it you do not. Do you love chit chatting? No, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't. I'm not a no. I'm not a small talker. Patrick, we cannot go into an establishment ever without you yucking it up with all the patrons no, and the workers. No, that is not there. true. That's not true. That is. True. I think you're mischaracterizing. Also, that's not that's not small talk. That's just like um, that's banter. I'm. I do banter. Mm, the bants. Yeah. So I do banter in those situations, and then when I'm around the office, that is small talk, and that I try and avoid. Okay. Okay, I see. Um, I don't like either. I, yeah. I detest both. Yeah, it's all kind of crummy. But anyways, mm-hmm. how you doing? I am fine. I'm going to Minnesota this weekend, this upcoming weekend, mm-hmm. and spending two weeks there for Brady's wedding. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. We're bringing Dolly, which I'm a little nervous about, my insane dog. Did you get an Airbnb? We got a hotel. We're staying in the Fauché in downtown Minneapolis, which is really close to my parents. Cool. Wait, are you staying there for uh, two weeks in the hotel? No, we're oh. just staying there for one week at the hotel, okay. and then we're going up to the cabin near Dent, Minnesota, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. taking the autumnal air up there. It'll be that great. sounds nice. Could you stay longer if you wanted to, or does Trish have to be in the office? She does, mm. yes. That's a bummer. See? Yeah. Look at this fucking shit. I, I hate this. These people are obsessed with offices. People, the... People are obsessed with offices. I, I they get, get off on it. Have you seen this this like glut of articles too that the Wall Street Journal is like pumping out too about all these weird sickos that love going into the office? Yeah, it's like all these people are sad they can't yeah. go into the office. Yeah, people I that like, like miss their commute. There was literally an article to or um, I don't know if article is the right word, editorial or I don't know, column the column in the mm-hmm. Wall Street Journal about this fucking douchebag that missed his commute. Because he identified so much with his commute. I was like, Jesus Christ. It's the most pathetic thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's all fake. It's all not real. It's just a power grab because finally people have their own autonomy and, you mm-hmm. know, capitalism doesn't want you to have that. No, you know? they don't. And I don't know if we have, if we have commercial real estate people listening, I'm sure you're good people and thank you for listening. However, I really don't like commercial real estate. I, I really don't. Because, and you can cut this if you think this is going to completely torpedo, Whoa. torpedo the nucleus of our listening mm-hmm. sphere. 
But we uh, have so much and so many <laughs> listeners in realty, so I'm just a little worried. But go ahead. Just commercial real estate. I, I hate it. I think it's I think it's a whole racket. I think mm. everyone that's involved with it is grossly overcompensated. And I'm this is from a lens, this is through a lens of someone that knew a lot of kids of parents in commercial real estate, and all those parents were like the worst parents at my high school. So I'm, yeah, I'm it's also through the lens of a very sad man. It's through, <laughs> through the lens of a very disgruntled, generally unhappy, uh, disagreeable man. So, mm-hmm, I mean, take mm-hmm. it for, you know, if we do have people out there that are in commercial real estate, you know, you can DM me, say, fuck you. What have you done? And I would say you're right. I, have, I haven't done anything. So <laughs> we've made this podcast. people. We have. Patrick? That's true. That's true. Um, well, I don't know what, how quite. Yeah, how that was here, pretty far off. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was because the offices. Here? Basically, I I, I yeah, had to go offices. in the office. Offices. It's just been on my mind, God. but we can we can move on from there. I have a lot of thoughts about this, but I'd rather not yeah, get yeah. into them. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, it's a weird kink. I don't mm-hmm, get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick, yeah. do we have a sponsor today? We do have a sponsor. Stand by. What? We got Andrew Logue. L O L O G U E like Donald Logue. Remember that comedian guy? Yes, who? I love Donald Logue. Yeah. Yes, uh, Grounded for Life was that the name mm-hmm. of his show? He was also on a short-lived FX show called Terriers. Oh um, uh, yes, I remember right. that. That was a solid show. So this is Andrew yeah. Logue. His favorite art house movie is Beasts of the Southern Wild. Oh, you know what? I haven't seen that. You never saw? Didn't I thought we saw it together at Landmark West LA? No, because I didn't. I've never seen that, Patrick. I, well, we, I did not see it. Pretty sure we you. saw it together. Sure You're conflating me with another hot blonde friend. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like Beast of the Southern Wild. I haven't seen it since I saw it in it's theaters. My, it's in my queue. I want to see it. I'm, I like the South. I've been to Louisiana before. I want to I want to check it out. Yeah, um, it's enjoyable. And um, so, Andrew, that's his favorite art house movie. He's from Asheville, North Carolina. Have you been there, Case? No, I, 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 I'm, I, it seems cool. I think that's where uh, Super Chunk lives. The band Super Chunk and Merge Records. I think you're thinking of Super Tramp. Um Goodbye Stranger, the logical song, Breakfast in no, America. Shut up. No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking they're from Chapel Hill. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I Continue. Think Asheville has a really good reputation as a really cool yeah. town. That's why I, I think was a lot of people of in the Southeast go there for like weekend getaways. Yeah. There's a good cool. beer scene there, good food scene there. I'd like to check Have it you, out. Oh, you haven't been there? Either? No, I haven't been. Mm. I would like to go. We sound like two idiots, Patrick. We I sound know. so fucking dumb. But I thank know. you, Andrew. Uh, but and then the last thing I'll mention is he said much love. <laughs> oh, much love to you, Andrew. Thank you for sponsoring our show. That's just so kind and helpful to our show as it grows. And just wonderful. Thank you, truly. We really appreciate it. Yes. And maybe now is a good time to segue into some news about yep. our show. Yes. Patrick? So we've kind Take of been, we've we've been we've brought this up a few different times. We've kind of been tap dancing around it and have kind of been over promising and under delivering. We've um, been a little coy the, about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, that's a generous way to put it. Um, but now, okay, so this episode is dropping on Tuesday, September twenty eighth, and the second you listen to this, as the words are coming out of my mouth, you are going to be able to become an official patron of the Farts. That's by... correct. And how will they do that case? Oh, uh, I don't know, Patrick. I was just exclaiming. Oh. I can't remember. You have the information yeah. on this. Well, Go yeah. Ahead. Let me, yeah, let me continue going. I just wanted to be inclusive. Yes. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so we're, we're launching our Patreon, as we've teased for some time yes. now. We finally got our shit together. We had a meeting 
Uh, yeah, we had our, our we, meeting. <laughs> we had our meeting. I think we referenced it last time. I can't remember. Uh-huh. It was an exciting uh, day. It was an exciting day. We got our shit together. We have a Patreon that's going to launch. You're going to be able to support the Cinephile Cuties with your hard-earned uh, dollars. Although any currency is accepted. Um, oh, is that true? Any currency is accepted. Great. That's uh, great. But it'll be the equivalent of five U.S. dollars. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. The, the exchange rate, we can get that information out there. We have a lot of listeners from around the world. Well, let's not get into the weeds on we this. We won't get yes, into the weeds continue. on that. As tempted as I am to look that up right now, we won't get it. But if you go to patreon.com slash farthousepod, patreon.com slash farthousepod, you will be able to to become a patron of the farts for just $5 a month, Casey. $5 a month, and that will really help us make this show. And it's not just, you know, this isn't a donation, you know. You actually get something out of this. Yeah. So there's a few things that are pretty cool about this, and this I can actually speak about. Yeah, so speak on it. Five, sp- Preach it, brother. It. Uh, $5 a month. So number one, Patrick and I are going to be releasing a calibration episode each month. Um, you know, depending, we might change up the format a little bit, but it'll probably predominantly be a calibration episode because our fartsy test requires, you know, in order for it to maintain 100% maximum efficiency, we need to recalibrate it with some non-artsy movies. Like when we did Con Air on the main feed, we will be doing non-artsy movies on the bonus episode. I think we teased Showgirls at one time. Do you remember mm-hmm. that, Patrick? Uh, I do so remember. So that's one thing. Well, well that's uh, what you get your five bucks for. Uh, what else, Patrick, on there? They're also going to get to hear their name. Uh-huh. They'll get to hear one of the cinephile cuties say, <laughs> say their name. Say your name. Be- <laughs> what an honor. We'll say the name. We'll say where you're from, your favorite art house movie, if you'd like us to. Of course, yes. if you're embarrassed of your favorite art house movie or you don't want people to know where you live, we won't mention it. Mm-hmm. However, if you want to spread the good news, we'll spread it here on the pod. We will. Uh, also, if you tell us your favorite art house movie, we will give it an instantaneous fartsy score, even if we haven't seen it. We're not going to necessarily watch the movie, but you will we'll spit out a fartsy <laughs> score to you. No matter what. Yes. And we can't guarantee that we'll watch it, but based on what we know uh, of the film, if we, we haven't seen it, we will, out we will still a in a score. Yep. We'll still in a sign a score. And it, that score is canon unless we do an episode of it later. Unless we change supersedes. it, then it will know, then that one will be null and void and will not be canon. But yes. for the henceforth, it will be canon. Exactly. Um, Once we give it that score, you can reference that to your friends. They can say, well, the Cinephile Cuties allocated that a score of 7.8 so i think that's where we're at with it yeah exactly i'm not sure what other use there would be for telling someone the the fartiness score but it's kind of like when the scientists discovered penicillin they weren't searching out to find penicillin but this is the kind of discoveries you find in sort of your scientific endeavors you know what i'm saying so um but Patrick, tell them about the exciting one-time payment option yes. here. So this is something that people, inquiring minds, uh, have really wanted to know about. They've wanted to know, how the hell can we can we get y'all to talk about a movie that, we, that I want you to talk about? Okay? Yes. And so what we're doing is we're doing something really special, Case. Really special. For folks that are patron, patrons of the farts. You must a, be a patron of the fart. You must five, be five a patron of the farts. Yes. For a one-time payment of a hundred dollars, which is pennies, pennies, which the is honor. It's it's kind of 
absurdly low. <laughs> we might have to have a meeting to change yeah. it later, but for now, it's a hundred bucks. For now, yeah, for now it's a hundred dollars. We will do an actual, real, not a bonus episode. We will do a no real, main feed, a main feed episode of an art house movie of your choice. We do have right of refusal. In case you suggest something preposterous, like um, I don't know, what would something Casey like that's preposterous? Shut up! If it, okay, <laughs> if it, if it's a, it's an art house movie, we'll talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's an art house know? movie. We'll talk about. It. Although, actually, you know what? Casey's the small tent. I'm the big tent. So most likely, I'd be more inclined to talk about it than Casey would. Is that right? I thought I was the big tent. This no, is you're confusing. small tent because you don't think. Okay. Because I think you don't even think documentaries are art house, and I think I have never said that, Patrick. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, a hundred dollars. You can have front row seats to squabbles between Casey yes. and I for five hundred dollars. <laughs> so, for those who don't quite understand, when you become a Patreon <laughs> member, no, I'm I'm being serious oh, right okay, now. Okay, okay, okay. When you become, a, I'm I'm going back a little bit here. So you're like, well, what do you mean a bonus calibration episode when we're talking about uh, becoming a fart house patron, a patron of the farts? Um, there will be actually another, there's going to be like a secret code feed that we will give you that you'll have access to, to listen to that calibration episode. If you're not a patron of the fart, you'll never get to hear those calibration episodes. No, never. Unless someone shares with you, in which case that would be awful. And if that's the case, they should, you should call the police because it's for your ears only. Exactly. Um, I think that's it, Patrick, but can you tell people where they can become a patron right this second as they're listening to this episode? Yes, as if, if I would encourage people to just pause so they don't miss any content that's about to come. So just pause right now. Pause. Yes. Okay. It's paused. Great. Um, well, I, I guess unpause, listen to where the link is. And <laughs> okay. And once you Do- hear the link, then pause. The yes, link- exactly. <laughs> the link so is- Patrick, tell them the link. Yes. Patreon.com slash farthouse pod patreon.com slash farthouse pod now you can pause welcome back unpause welcome back i hope you subscribed you uh you're now a patron of the farts thank you, you have so been much knighted or Ooh, pa- yeah you've been something you're part you're of the, ba- you're part of a group at the, yeah you're part of the group you're a patron <laughs> you're a patron uh, well, thank you for those who just did it. Good job, everybody. Yeah, um, we can, yeah. Thank you. Feel good right now. Know that we feel your your patronization, your love, your yeah. love. Um, great job, Patrick. Thank you for setting that up. That was yes. so much of your doing, and we really appreciate it. So this is sort of this is taking the place of sponsorship. So for those who have sponsored in the past, thank you so much. We are so kind of much. changing into this is how you can support us now. And um, it's just a little bit easier for everybody. You don't have to Venmo Patrick and see his sad Venmo history, you know, Um, (laughs) that sort of thing. Charging friends for milk (laughs) (laughs) and egg. Me just charging you for milk and eggs endlessly. Um, Okay, Patrick, let's move on here. Okay, Patrick, we actually have a five star review today. Oh, sweet! I love these. These make me feel so good. Yeah, we are feeling the love today. So this is from Apple Roach. Uh, no, I don't know if they have any relation to Papa Roach. Cut my life into pieces. The band. Unclear. Mm. But this is Apple Roach. Okay. Um, these guys are truly a dynamic duo that I'm so glad to have discovered. 
Casey and Patrick provide excellent discussions on some great films and do it with the banter that you only get from genuine friends. I've gotten some great film recommendations from these guys and get genuinely excited when they pick films I've seen or give me an excuse to unwrap a criterion that's been on my shelf for months. Patrick, looking at you. Um, <laughs> the hosts are down to earth, relatable, and hilarious and do a great job keeping the conversations from feeling dull or pretentious despite the artsy subject matter. If you're a fan of Fart House Cinema or movie talk in general, definitely check it out. Oh my God. Can, this can you ask so, for a better I'm gonna review? Cry. I'm going to Oh my God. Cry. Unreal. Do you have chills? Did Mark Twain write that? That was like amazing. Oh my God. Ugh. Jesus. Well, thank you. I feel like Apple I almost Roach. like feel it's like so nice. I feel like guilty. Like I feel like I'm not, I don't. Well, that's, that's our problem. That's yeah, our, I know. That's I know. our syndrome. <laughs> um, but thank you to everyone who has written us a five-star review. And please write us a five-star review. It really helps get the show out there. Because when people are, like, searching for podcasts, it helps. Uh, uh, it, it, it will push our podcast up more if it has more five-star reviews. And then also if somebody sees the show and they see that it have a bunch of five-star reviews, they're more likely to listen to the show. So mm-hmm. thank you, everybody. Patrick, Letterboxd Rundown. How was your week? Um... So we we kind of discussed. I don't know if we if we debut. We kind of had a idea. Actually, I don't even know if I want to mention this until we really kind of flesh it out. So you can cut this out. But are you talking about the grading scale? The grading scale. I yeah. feel bad about that because I think art shouldn't. You know, we shouldn't be punished for not. Yeah. You yeah. Know, let's not do the grading scale. Let's not do grading out. scales. I feel bad about even bringing yeah. it up. No, no, no. But, don't feel bad. Um, okay. I, so I my week was uh, my week was okay. I watched. Um, have you seen this movie called Fear? No. From the '90s with uh, Reese Witherspoon. With Reese Witherspoon no, and Mark Wahlberg I, and I William Peterson and Amy Brenneman, and it is <laughs> something to behold. <laughs> oh my god, I cannot recommend it enough. You, you wow. just get a bottle okay. of wine. You get you get a pizza. Sure. And you you indulge in that. 90s cheese that 90s melodramatic wow. cheese great um it was really fun and also i don't think i think amy brenneman has been like age 31 for her entire life like she just looks consistently beautiful and like like mature just like a it's incredible yeah like she's just always look the same her whole life like have you seen her mm-hmm. in the leftovers she looks the same as she did in fear like 30 mm-hmm. years before or wow. 25 years before um, William Fantastic. Peterson is super cheesy. Most folks will know him from CSI or Manhunter or To Live He's and Die kind of LA. a cheesy dude. He's kind of a cheesy dude. Uh, so I watched that, and then I rewatched another round uh, with a friend. Oh. And uh, yeah, that was good. Was it good on second viewing? I know you yeah, love that. Yeah, I love another round. And I was thinking, too, I I still haven't logged my first viewing because I have so many thoughts oh my God, about it. So, so, now I'm at, I, so now I'm at the point where I need to log my first and second viewings. For, so wow. it's, it's quite comical. A lot of comical, pressure on there, Quite Patrick. comical, yeah. Uh, so yeah. just those two. <laughs> my turn. So I watched four movies this week outside of my homework for this show. That's very good. I watched Till Death, which is a new Megan Fox movie where... Her, I won't explain how this happens, but she's handcuffed to her husband while hitmen are trying to come get her. And she's at a cabin and she has to drag this dead body all around. It was pretty silly, but I enjoyed it. I wish I had leaned into its campiness a little bit more, but I actually kind of enjoyed that movie. Before you go to the next one, let me ask you a quick yes, question. Have please. you seen Jennifer's Body? Oh, I love Jennifer's Body. Okay. I have not seen it, but I've noticed it's kind of, I don't know if critical reassessment is the right phrasing but i've noticed more and more people are trying to champion 
That movie, yes. I've kind of seen it on film, Twitter, and Letterboxd. I, I liked it, it when but... it originally came out. Oh, you did? And I think they advertised it badly because it is sort of a campy, outrageous movie. How much? Because I despise Juno. I think Juno is one of the worst movies ever made. So how much Whoa. like Juno is it? Whoa. <laughs> I love Juno. That is I think the most Casey movie paths? ever Shut made. Shut up. You know what? It's set in Minneapolis, too. It oh, is. it is? Oh, it's, I forgot. Yes. <laughs> God, we're not going to discuss this any further. Okay, There's no okay. reason. But to go would forward. you say is it like Juno, or does it feel different from Juno? It's a horror movie, though. I it know. Feels but different. how's the dialogue? Because the dialogue is the worst Clever. part of Juno. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll try it out. I guess. Anyways, Just try it so, out. Anyways, sorry. You hate, okay. You hate sincerity. Um, okay. Then I watched Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I haven't seen <gasps> that in a while. Trisha had never seen it. Trisha had uh, never seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Trisha had never seen it. I love that movie. So I remember my mom. Uh, I think. Oh, in- did she sneak into your room and watch this movie too? <laughs> and was she mad at you? No. In sixth or seventh grade, my mom kept insisting that we watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Uh huh. And I was so resistant because I thought it was the stupidest title I'd ever heard. And moms are dorky. You know, and, what do they know? And yeah, sometimes it can be hard to trust a mom. Although my mom has had nothing but fantastic movie recommendations now that I'm thinking about it. Anyways, we finally watched it and I was absolutely obsessed. Yeah. In fact, the first DVD I ever owned was Oh Brother, Whoa, Where Art Thou? It was for my breaking birthday. news. Yeah. And Big that reveal. was the first one I was ever given. And it kind of became a movie among our family and the cousins. We'd lo- we loved the soundtrack. We loved the look Patrick, and feel. We're the same way. Our family loved this movie, and we listened to the soundtrack ad nauseum. Yeah. It's just Love it's, that a, film. it's a feel-good experience. It's fantastic. That was the first time I had also ever heard of the Ku Klux Klan. I remember being very startled. Oh, really? Yeah. God. I hadn't, I hadn't heard of the Ku Klux Klan. I know. I know. Well, apparently, critical race theory was banned. Probably <laughs> in Southern California. So wow, I love Wow, fantastic. What, did Trisha like it? Oh, she loved it. She loved it. Good, great. good. Awesome. Are you in NOFT? I loved it. It's so good. <laughs> Do not seek the treasure. Do not seek the treasure. Do not <laughs> seek the treasure. Remember, remember when George Clooney, Everett McGill's like, so I borrowed it until I did know. And John Tertius was like, that don't make no sense. <laughs> There's so many good you lines. You didn't know that at yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. You didn't know that at the time. <laughs> Who was fixing to betray us. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, uh, so, so good. good. Okay, moving on. I rewatched Something Wild by Jonathan Demby. Demi, have you seen that movie? No, I have not seen it. Oh, that. I love that movie. And Trisha absolutely adored that movie. She moved it right into her letterbox top four. Fuck, Can I you believe that? that? No, that's a pretty, that's a serious move. Yeah. Uh, and then the final movie we watched, which I did, was bad, uh, and was recommended by our friend Brian Novak, who really liked this for some reason. It's called The Boat. And it's an Italian film, and it's all about this guy who gets stuck on a boat in the middle of the ocean. It should have been a short film. It was dumb. What year did that come out? 2018, I think. Mm, Interesting. So that's that. Okay. Good week. Run down. Yes. Very good week. 
I thought. Uh, I was surprised, kind of. We're gearing up for our Shocktober movie screenings, you know, where we watch a movie every, a horror movie every night, so. Yeah, I'm excited for that, too. Yeah, do you have, is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to watching? Oh, too many to... Too many to name. Okay. I can't name. We cool. have our calendar. We have them scheduled out for the month already. Oh, you Can do? You oh, that's that? super yeah. fun. Very fun. Very exciting. How do I, how do I, I want a relationship like yours. How do I do that? I don't know what to do. Ooh, Patrick. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. I have some notes <laughs> for you, my man. Uh, if there's anyone in the, if, if there's anyone in the greater central Texas area that wants to watch horror movies with me. Oh, Patrick, you're in Austin. That's like the horror capital of the world. I know. I just don't know. You got to find people. somebody. Just hang outside of Alamo Draft House with your thumb out. Someone will pick you up. <laughs> and a VHS in my lap. Yeah. <laughs> all right. No, I'll try you'll that. go swarm like flies. Come on. All right. All right. You're like flies on shit. Anyways, uh, I'm glad you have that. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, Patrick, we got to move on here. Okay, okay. This is Fart House. We watch the artsiest, fartiest films so that you can pretend you did, which is why we're talking about our first animated movie on this show. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it's very amazing. Uh, Princess Mononoke. We will discuss Princess Mononoke and subject it to our proprietary fartsy test, which determines how impenetrable, unapproachable, and generally artsy-fartsy this movie really is. But Patrick, I must know. Tell me. Do you own this movie and have you seen it before? No. And no. Whoa. Do you own any Miyazaki movies? I do not. Do you own any animated films? I do. Go on. The ones that immediately come to mind are Iron Giant. Good. Brave Little Toaster. Mm. Um, A bunch of animated two very Christmas sad movies. Ones. Yeah, very sad. Uh, I own a bunch of animated Christmas movies, like the Claymation ones. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And then yes, Charlie yes, Brown yes. Christmas. Uh-huh. And, um, oh, the I this is not, I don't know, it's not like iconic, but I also own The Incredibles. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. That's that's fine. That's so great. I, those, you, I, I may own one or two others, but those are the ones that are at the top of my head. You're not an animation fan, are you? Um... Not particularly. I don't dislike it. I have, um, there's a friend of friends. Uh, so basically there's this big group of friends that my brother Tommy has in uh-huh. in Texas and Austin. Good for him. And, popular guy. Yeah. yeah. And Morgan, Morgan, my sister-in-law. And one of their friends is this guy named Jeff Parabo. And, uh, so I've, I've become friends with him. Super. You would love him. He's super cool. Super funny. He's a huge anime guy. Ah, and we hung out a couple weeks ago, and um, we started watching Space Dandy. Have you heard of this? No, sounds um, great. Anyways, he knows everything about all anime, and he really was kind of int- intriguing me and selling me on anime and just animation in general as a um, as a medium because I. It's a great yeah yeah. It's a beautiful form. There's so many possibilities. I have barely dipped my toe into the world of animation. Trisha has helped me out because we've watched a lot of Miyazaki films together mm-hmm. and we've watched a lot of japanese animation recently uh i think i recommended the night is long walk on girl which i really enjoyed uh it's a pretty crazy movie um yeah i i was not totally in on animation for a long time but that's not fair because right. it's such a massive genre exactly and, and i couldn't even tell you what it is I, I guess only be, i guess there's a an artifice there the fact that it's animation it feels like yeah. you're 
at a little bit more of a remove than with live action. Yeah. But it also can take you places you never thought were possible. Yeah. Well, you know, some of the movies that have affected me the most are The Illusionist and Triplets of Belleville, which I do not own either of those. Those are great films. But those were incredible. And I was like left in tears after The Illusionist. I remember seeing it at the Royal Theater. Do you remember the the Lemley Royal Theater? Didn't we talk about how we saw this at the same theater? No, that was a different movie. I think we both saw it there. Oh, did we both see? I saw it in theaters there, I think. The Illusionist? Yeah. Mm. We didn't talk about we it on the pod, though, right? I think we did. Mm. Maybe maybe we did. Anyways. Someone needs to update the Fart House wiki. Yeah. Oh, God. Can you imagine? If we had a Fart House wiki, I would just... Oh, I would love it. That would be great. Work that on that, Fart Heads. Yeah, work on that, Fart Heads. Well, I, I know we've offered t-shirts for a lot of different things for that we have not... <laughs> but that is something that I am promising. If you start... And update the Fart House wiki. Because there's mm-hmm. there's information and stats to put there. Scores and what have you. Yeah. And I you will... I, for everyone that did submit a t-shirt design, uh, we will send t-shirts for that. That'll be okay. something we do. I need to... Uh, I just need to find a new screen printer in the Austin area. And okay. we'll get those out. Okay. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Patrick, let's move on to a brief synopsis of Princess... Mononoke. So this takes place in medieval Japan, and it is a fantasy, and it's very pastoral and beautiful. And this prince, Ashitaka, is in this small village. He's the last of the princes in this small village, and they get attacked by this demon warthog slug thing that's disgusting, (laughs) and it puts a curse on him, and he has to go find how this hog got cursed and where the source of that is so maybe he can get cured of this curse because it's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. He ends up in this iron town with this iron mill and there's kind of a war between nature and this woman, Lady Aboshi, who is running this iron mill. Lady Aboshi is destroying the forest so to get sand to make iron and then Princess Mononoke and her band of wolves are living in the forest and the Ironworks is destroying their home and their um, kind of servants or like they praise the deer god who is this entity in the forest. The, yeah, the f- forest spirit or spirit of the forest. Forest spirit that ex- that is life and death. It is like the spirit of the forest. And kind of looks like a deer with like 400 antlers and a weird yes, humanoid face. It's very strange. But Ashitaka, he wants balance. He's come here. He doesn't like that the Ironworks are destroying the forest and he mm-hmm. also doesn't like that the wolves and lady uh princess mononoke are like killing everybody they can get their hands on but ashitaka and princess mononoke are falling in love mm-hmm. and that's about that's kind of the summary beginning of the princess mononoke it's a pretty wouldn't you say yeah it's a it's a simple but also dense story because there's so many uh, kind of conflicting parties and kind of like these, like, cause there's that, what's the guy's name? This was very, did you watch the Japanese version or the English version? I was going to ask you this, Patrick. I watched the Japanese version. Oh, you did? Shit. How did you find it? It was on HBO Max. The ja- Did you watch it on HBO Max? Yeah, I watched it on HBO you Max. C- you can select the Japanese. Oh, I'm fuck. more of a subs, not dubs guy. I'm a purist <laughs> when it comes Shut to anime. Shut the fuck up. I wanted to watch the, I guess I... I guess I didn't even check to see that that was an option. You did it wrong. Sorry. Uh, what so, were you going to say? Who? Oh, well, I was going to say um, what was really jarring is there's a character that's played by Billy Bob Thornton uh-huh. in the American version. And it's the guy. Um, 
it's a guy who kind of pretends he's a monk. I think his name is Jigo or Jigo. Yeah, Jigo. Yeah. Like there's characters like that. Like there's kind of all these like little sort of like side stories like going out. There's like a little weird like political side story having to do with like the emperor and basically it's, 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 it's a simple story, but it's dense too. There's a lot going on it's, on the periphery. It's difficult because it's not very black and white either. It's not like one side versus the other side. It's like everyone is doing bad things, but they're also all good kind of. It's like, there's no bad guy. There's no good guy. And, but bad things are conflicting. And Ashitaka is trying to kind of balance everything. Is it Jigo? Jigo. Yeah. Jigo to me seemed, I could be wrong, but he seemed like the most shady character. Yeah, he was, but he also wasn't the most powerful. He wasn't like a, he wasn't like a master villain. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is also this crazy violent movie. Oh, so were you I surprised was, by that? I like was, heads are flying. It, I I have I was surprised. I was so surprised. I didn't. What's the first? So how many Studio Ghibli movies have you seen? Great question, Patrick. I've seen a bunch. I've seen My Neighbor Totoro. I've seen Kiki's Delivery Service. I recently watched Porco Rosso. I've seen Spirited Away. I've seen Howl's Moving Castle. I believe that's it. Wow. I've only seen Spirited Away. Oh. So I'm way behind the curve. And would you say, um, is this the most violent of the Studio Ghibli movies? Those you've are seen? the most violent I've seen of any of those. All the other ones. What do you mean? Princess have... Mononoke is the most violent you've seen? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Princess Mononoke is the most violent of any of the ones I have seen. All the other ones are kind of children's film. This felt okay. more so like that was kind of jarring when anime. you were watching, watching this. It was. This one and Spirited Away feel most similar in terms of their kind of scariness and their mm-hmm. spirituality. My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Porco Rosso, those are kind of very pleasant, uh, beautiful films. And okay. you should check those out, but they are almost an entirely different genre. Oh, it's more like playful, funny, silly creatures. And these ones are like dark, dark spirits and yes. curses and stuff. This and Spirited Away felt more adult. I mean, it wasn't, yes. it wasn't like... Um, it wasn't like hentai it wasn't like anime porn but it was no. like it was a more Heavens adult, no. thematically adult yeah i mean heads are getting chopped off limbs are flying off people are getting killed i was actually surprised i'd seen this before but i was surprised that people were getting killed yeah i just was su- i was shocked it there's was quite a bit there's quite a bit of death for an animated movie yes i would say so so no. you haven't really watched any anime of any kind no no wow not really because it gets insanely and disgustingly violent a lot of the times with not even like gross out movies but like like I used to like movies like Vampire Hunter D and um oh I'm I'm just completely blanking Does on Does Sailor Moon count as anime? I've seen Sailor Moon. I mean that is anime but that's a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean there's the a lot there, I mean like a lot of the uh anime that I was the my friend that I mentioned Jeffrey Parabo, he watches mostly anime TV shows like series. Yeah. Yeah, apparently I, Hulu's I, got a great collection of anime TV. Oh, is series. that right? Yeah, is that right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to right. be very into Dragon Ball Z. I used to watch. Oh, yeah. So, but I have I've I've only kind of dipped my toes into the anime world, but I do enjoy it. It's just there's there's so much I, I feel overwhelmed by it. It you does know, seem it's overwhelmed. like like I think Naruto has like seven hundred episodes or something like yes. that. Yes, and just like I feel like I I have these. These two guys I know have a podcast called The Dark Weeb, which is all about like 
nerd anime culture and they just know so much. It's just like, I don't even know where to begin. Patrick, you know, it's funny. When I was really into anime, maybe this is why I stopped pursuing it. I used to watch anime all the time. I watched Dragon Ball Z. I watched Gundam Wing. I watched Sailor Moon. Um, this is a stupid things. question, but is The Last Airbender considered anime? You know what? I don't know. That's on Nickelodeon and I think it's an American. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know what where that falls okay. in. But I used to watch anime all the time after school. And my friends, you remember I asked you last week, just last week I asked you this. I said, did you like hanging out with friends after school? Mm-hmm. And I told you I did not. But when I was in seventh grade, I used to be an A student. When I was in seventh grade, there was one semester where I was like, all my friends hang out every single day after school and I don't hang out with them. And like the next day at school, they would talk about the funny things they did after school. (laughs) And so in seventh grade. Yeah. I'm surprised parents facilitated this much hanging out after school in the middle of the week. We all live in the same area of South Minneapolis. Parents were not involved in this at all. No mm. one's parents were home. Your, you go- made your own schedule. <laughs> Basically, I'd go over to, you know, they go over to Michael Glenn's house and their parents were never, his parents were never home. Andrew Larson's house, his parents were never home. So I would just bike over to their houses, you know. Cool. And I was like, I want to hang out with these guys. And so we, I would go over to Michael Glenn's house every day after school, watch anime. And I'm like, okay, this is fun. My grades plummeted. I was getting D's and C's. <laughs> and my parents were like, shit. what the hell happened? Just and from I was that? Like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> just from that. And they were like, if this is the best you can do, we understand. But you like just just a few months ago, you were doing much better. What happened? And I was like, it's my fault. I was I was trying to have fun. Did I'll never make that mistake guilt? again. Yes, I felt guilty. I felt bad. Everyone was very nice about it because I had been such a good student. And I was like... I was the wrong one. I should have never picked Joy. <laughs> that was my fault. I'll never make that mistake you again. And so up, maybe dude. <laughs> I fucked up. And so maybe that is why I stopped watching anime. <gasps> because it torpedoed your happen. middle school grades. Yeah. <laughs> and look where you are now. <laughs> I know. I'm in the ditch. I'm hosting a shitty podcast with an idiot. No, <laughs> But yeah, maybe that's some sort of connection there. Who's to say? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it rots your brain, apparently. Yeah, um, but I love... Let me just give a little info on Miyazaki, or, uh, Princess Mononoke and yes, Miyazaki. Yes, please do, because you know a lot more than I do. So it's directed by Hayao Miyazaki in 1997. Like we said, he's done a bunch of other great animated films. He's kind of the Walt Disney, that's what they call him, of Japan, but his movies are much better than Walt Disney. He's All of his movies are much better than anything Walt Disney ever did. Um, so he for this movie, he said he did not want to create an accurate history of medieval Japan and wanted it to portray the beginnings of the seemingly insoluble conflict between the natural world and modern industrial civilization. And that's very much what this movie is about. It's like environment, versus man like how can we all live in balance mm-hmm. um this was the first animated film to ever win the J- japan academy prize for best picture of the year oh wow big deal that is a big deal and it was mostly hand-drawn but incorporates some use of computer animation in approximately 10 percent of the film so that's just some interesting thing this was like this was like the first miyazaki film i'd ever heard of i remember seeing it advertised at theaters when it came out, and I was like, what is this? It scares me, but I'm titillated, too. See, for me, the first one that I had heard about was Spirited Away. Oh. I, I, I had heard about this after um, Spirited Away. Because Spirited Away, I think, won Best Animated Feature at the Oscars. Either that or was nominated. And I remember it being heavily marketed um, 
as something to see around the time when I was like getting really into movies. So yeah, Spirited it Ways, did win. Yes. It did. Okay. Yeah, you're correct. Very good, Patrick. That big old brain. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Yeah, those are the kind of the big two that came out next to each other. He's done so many movies that I'm like, I've never even heard of this movie, but they're all good. Doesn't I, he, hasn't he also like retired and unretired like 40 times like the Eagles? Yes, 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 he has. He's had like 6,000 farewell tours. Is there a band kind of, that's had more farewell tours than the Eagles? I guess I was going to say the Rolling Stones, but I guess they never did like I don't a think farewell they ever, tour. I don't think they ever advertised them as farewell tours. Like the oh. Eagles have literally advertised multiple farewell tours. That annoys me when people do that. Like Steven Soderbergh has retired like eight, a few times as well, I feel like, from filmmaking, and yet he's still pumping out like 19 movies a week. Yeah, and it's like uh, Nine Inch Nails did that too. They did something called the Wave Goodbye Tour where they said they were never going to tour again. And then now... Just don't... I don't get... It's embarrassing. Don't do that. Oh, right. you know who else did that? LCD no. Sound System. You remember they had like a whole documentary yes. about like this I, is our final yeah. show ever and it was like <laughs> yes. fast forward five years it's like we're back it's like <laughs> i can't get excited about this i'm yeah. never gonna retire i'll just say like i'll just you know stop doing it yeah I won't just have don't to make some big mention it unless you have like a terminal disease and you know when you're gonna drop dead then just don't you know don't advertise don't. it's your last and even yeah, then you never know could be a you god never thing no that's right from beyond the grave yeah um yeah, he has gradu- graduated. He has retired a bunch, <laughs> um, graduated from his career, I guess, um, and come back. I think he was like, the last time he did it, he was like, I don't know what else to do. I'm bored. Yeah. Like, I want to keep making movies. Um, he's sort of famous because Miramax released Princess Mononoke, and you know that horrible Harvey Weinstein and Miramax. Their big thing was like, they'd take movies and they're like... Yeah, we're going to get in there and tinker with it and come up with some edits for you. You know how they do that with like yeah. every movie? Well, apparently Miyazaki sent Harvey Weinstein a samurai sword in the mail and said, no cuts. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's fantastic. I did want to ask you. Yes. To what extent... What did you so the overall story is kind of or the kind of the overall theme is like humans versus environment. Yeah. And did you what did you think of the story? Like did you find it to be compelling or did you think it was kind of um I've seen that movie before so to speak like like did I did feel- find it compelling because I felt like it wasn't very black and white. Mm-hmm. It was very gray. It was hard to know where your allegiance was supposed to lie cuz there's like not, I don't want to say this, but there was good guys on both sides, yeah. you know what I say? You know, I, and there were, <laughs> yeah, for the most were. part, you know? And um, so I thought that was kind of complicated and difficult to follow. You're like, because so, so many movies, you're like, we're the good guys, they're the bad guys, we're going to kill them, we're all the win or we'll lose, and you're rooting for that. But this, it wasn't really like that. It was just trying to like contain a situation, you right. know, from escalating exactly. too much. And that's what I liked about it too, because I remember, you know, Especially sort of like in college, I remember just having this like misanthropic streak where it's just like, Ooh, hate, just like kind of like hating humanity and championing animals in the environment exclusively. Mm-hmm. And, and not that, I mean, I still very like animals environment are some of my primary concerns, but I think yes. I was like very much like, I think what this movie is saying is humans are still of this earth and part of this earth and there's nothing that yes. makes us... Of course, we've been humans have been predatory and exploitative and destructive and maybe an overall negative force to yes. the earth. However, we're still definitely all part of the same 
planet. All we're not aliens. Is, we're not aliens. We're not um as you know as much as it seemed like we can we're invaders and I guess you know with our imperialist tendencies we can be. But as human beings, I mean, we're all you know, we're all set to kind of we're all part of the same world and so there's nothing really that makes us inherently worse or inherently better and i think that's the biggest thing we just have to remember there's nothing that makes us inherently better than anything yeah. else I, and i think this movie does a good job of being like there the only answer is balance because one is not going to beat out the other mm-hmm. ever you know right. and there needs to be a balance or we'll all die basically right. is what i took away from that um and yeah, just, no. just be very conscious we just have to be very conscious of our relationship with the planet. And that seems very obvious, but uh, I think that, you know, it gets discarded a lot of the time. Yeah. And I like the main character, um, Ashitaka. Ashitaka. I like the main character because he was all about that balance right away. And he was mm-hmm. trying to, like, keep things balanced. And I do think there's something like Princess Mononoke is so much like, I want to kill all the humans. The humans are bad. And it's like that sort of extremism is not helpful no. either, you know? Like, and so this is, uh, this is like against sort of extremism in either way. Right. You know, have you seen, um, what are those like charts? There's like the chaotic neutral chaotic. Good. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. Is that a dra- dungeons and dragons thing? I don't get that chaotic, good chaotic neutral sort of thing. I, I don't know what it came from, but I, I find them kind of, amusing at times and i was he reading would. somewhere that someone uh ashitaka is like a is like a neutral good he's like right yeah. in the center or maybe the top center i don't know anyways yeah he, he's a neutral good because he's just very much he's almost like um well referees kind of have a bad rep because referees are kind of like assholes but he's just very much there to kind of anchor both sides and kind of show this sort of um Show that everyone's coming from a good place. Yeah. You know? And and he was like not totally accepted on either side. Like he had the yeah. fortitude to be like, no, I'm not fighting for you. I'm fighting for this purpose. Yes. No, I'm not. You know, it's like I'm not on anybody's side. Right. It wasn't like, like cynical allyship, like sort of like, you know, the show Survivor where you're just kind of like putting together, you know, networks for the sole purpose of advancing yourself. It's like, yeah, no, yes. he had an objective and, you know that was more important than anything else other than just allying himself with whoever was convenient to his cause. You know who I liked in this movie? Who? I liked the little ghosts with the little uh, shaker heads. Yeah. Do you remember the very end? (laughs) Yeah. One little guy came out. One little guy comes out, shakes his head. (laughs) They had little butts. I thought that was funny. (laughs) Yeah, their butts were funny. They had tiny little butts running away. Okay. I have, I have, I have two questions for you. These were questions that Trisha asked me while we were watching the movie. Okay. Would you rather live in a world where there were giant demon boars running around? Okay. Like in this film. Or in our current world where there's a pandemic wreaking havoc. The latter. Yeah, that's what I said too. Yeah. What did she say? Demon boars would be scary. Yeah. She didn't have an answer. I guess it depends how many demon boars there are. I mean, are there, is it like one per every a hundred people or is it one per every? Seems like like they kept sprouting up. Yeah. Scary, those big wormy pigs. I couldn't um, tell. Were the boars and the wolves on the same side? That was kind of confusing to me. Or were they enemies? Or No, they... they were on the same side. They're like separate tribes that all praise the deer god. Right. Same They're with the monkeys. They're all part of the forest. The scary monkeys. To protect the forest, yeah. And then here was the other one. Would you rather have your haunt house haunted by those little ghost men with the cute little butts? <laughs> with the cute little butts. <laughs> or one 
scary ghost. Wait, I, can you, huh? So the cute little butts guy, you know, there's like hundreds of them. Yeah, so there'd be a hundred of them in my house. Yeah, and they'd and be they able to their little heads. Okay. And they look cute, and they have little butts. Or there's and one scary one. Piggyback grabs, and, or a big scary one that's there, not there all the time, but would maybe pop up and scare you. Would I have to feed the little, go- like would I trip over them as I'm walking around my house? Um, No, I think you can walk through them. Okay. So they'd kind of stay out of my, I wouldn't have to take care of them, they would just be there. No, but they it might wake you up because there's like a hundred. You like come home from a day at work and you're like, oh my God, my internet was bad. And then there's like all like 200 tiny butted little ghost men <laughs> with their heads that make little like rattle noises in your apartment. You're like, guys, guys, not tonight. I think I would prefer it because I would know what to expect. Yeah. What would yeah. you prefer? I prefer the little the little guys because yeah. they, they love their butts. They fine. They were, they're so tiny, <laughs> tiny little ghost poop. Yeah. Um, Patrick, we got to move on here. It's All the right. fartsy test time. Let's get on going, man. All right. The fartsy test, you know it, you love it, you want some more of it. This is our <laughs> scale, which determines the impenetrable, unapproachable, and generally artsy fartsiness of a movie. We continually add and subtract from this list. It's more like a living document, uh, like the Constitution, but much more important. Patrick, is there music? Yes. Uh, back to the original. Yes, there's a lot of great music, great soundtrack, beautiful. It's good to put on sometimes. It just made me feel things about nature. Uh, but there's sometimes where like the sound would drop out. Yeah. And Trisha one time said, "Is the volume working?" I thought that? I thought it had um, frozen a few times, or like like I thought it was kind of glitching out. But it was not. No, it's just the uh, style. Uh, is there suicide? I think mm. there is. Who would you say committed suicide? Princess Mononoke is about to sacrifice herself at one point to blow up everybody. And um, Ashitaka, like, rips that part of the roof off to protect her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's attempted. Yeah, there's attempted, yeah. There's a lot of death in this movie. There's a lot of death, yeah, for an animated movie. For any Um, movie, really. (laughs) Yeah. Does someone masturbate? Is there a penis in this movie? This is a this d- disgusting question to even we should, be yeah, asked it's for totally such a thing. Totally inappropriate. We should be Although, slapped across our faces. I'm right. so sorry, but I must point out there's funny little tiny ghost butts <laughs> in this movie. Um, are there topics, images, or behaviors that go beyond what would be considered acceptable in a mainstream film? Okay. I say no, personally. I say no too, with this caveat. I think the idea of neutrality and finding balance is kind of an ex like a foreign topic Mm, in movies. mm -hmm. It's usually like good versus evil. And this is not as clear cut as that. And so I find that you don't see that in many movies. I think that's really a good point. Like the stakes aren't as clearly established. The sides aren't as clearly established. Like it's very much, um, it's definitely something that it's not, it's not delivered to you to how yeah. you f- should feel about something. It's not spoon-fed to you. It's not spoon-fed you know? to you. Whereas this show, we go to our we listeners spoon- and we say, we say, open that mouth, yeah. and then we put the spoon in with the delicious treats of this show. That was our listeners slurping up. Yes. It's like it's like Malcolm McDowell at the end of uh, Clockwork Orange where the, uh, the secretary's uh, feeding, spoon-feeding him. It's just like that. Yeah. Um... Can Peanut start watching this movie after 8 p.m. without falling asleep? I might have had a bit of a, I might have had a bit of a shot eye. Wow, the silence I, was. I, I might, I might have had a bit, but in my defense, 
Yes. I had, Patrick, this is happening a lot. It didn't happen last I'm, two times. It didn't happen. I'm Clock worried Orange about your sleep Sunday. cycles. My well, man. I had I had woken up very early to come from Texas to California. Had a uh-huh. long, went straight from the airport to work. Uh, had a long day at work, and went for a run. And mm. it was a long day, and I started a little bit late. Started after nine. Wow. And uh, it is yeah. like you know, it's a very pastoral, beautiful film. I could see how it would lull you to sleep. There's yeah. some long segments in there. You it's know, a really. The did, what did you think of over? the um, the animation? Beautiful. Yeah. It's and it's pretty Moving. much it's very different, right? It's unlike anything else that. Uh, Moving. Yeah. Yeah. I was just I so impressed should... with the imagination. Yes, there's a lot of imagination. I think you should watch My Neighbor Totoro. That's a very calm movie. I would not recommend watching that at night. But it's just like, oh, we're going through the countryside. It makes you mm. it makes you yearn, Patrick. Okay. That's how Triplets of Belleville and Illusionist make me feel. Yeah. It makes me yearn. Is the there yearning. an in... Yes, the yearning. Is there an inordinate amount of milling about, so much so that this could be retitled the 2013 comedy starring Jason Sudeikis named We're the Millers? Um, what do you think? I don't think so. No. A little, but... Not really. I mean... Not really. No, I would say no. It's, it's very mission-oriented. Mi- a lot of Miyazaki films are are, are uh, millage forward, mm-hmm. and this one is not, I feel no. like. So, uh, Poster titillation level. I'm going to say pretty high for me. Medium high for me. Medium high. Well, the one, it's, it's the shot right after Mononoke slurps blood out of the big wolf's side and her face is like covered in blood so, yeah. and looking at Ashitaka. I'm looking it up because it's not even coming immediately to mind. And I feel like uh-huh. it kind of has to come immediately to mind for this to Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that's medium high. That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't so, really love the I'll font. I'll say medium high. But not loving the font. It was 1997, mm-hmm. my man. Give yeah. him a break. There were good fonts in 1997. Mm. You check a history book, my man. Right, Not a I'll good check, font in I'll, sight. I'll check the history books. <laughs> uh, Patrick, I feel like we said some pretentious things about this movie, but do you have anything else? Pretentious? No, I think the most pretentious thing I had to say was it's kind of like, um, I don't know, this movie made me reflect on how I don't think I'd ever would have called myself like a NIMBY, like a not-in-my-backyard person. Yeah. But I think... Um, you know, I've always considered myself someone that was all about a yimby. Um, conservation um, a little bit. And as I've gotten older, um, it's it's just all about balance and nuance. And this movie really drove that home. It's about coexisting. It's about humans and nature coexisting as awful and as predatory and as despicable and as wretched as we can be to everyone else in the environment. We're still a part of it. It doesn't excuse our actions. It just means we have to be conscious of how we, of how our actions impact yeah. everything else in the environment. You know, I read an article in the LA Times just today about a bullet train, not a bullet train, but an electric rail they're building between Los Angeles and Las Vegas. Mm. And they're having trouble because there are these bighorn, I guess they're, what are they, rams? Are they bighorn big sheep? Uh, sheep, yeah, bighorn yeah. sheep, and they can't get across the 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 train would be built in the middle of the freeway, and mm-hmm. they said it's really it's impossible then for the bighorn sheep to get across the freeway, even though it's like already fucking impossible with the freeway there. Yeah, you know, for them to get across, 
and they're asking them to do these animal walkover bridges and they're not going to do it. <sighs> and it like breaks my heart. See, this is an excellent example. This is like, it's kind of like, um, there, cause the conservationists are the, the animal rights people are not saying don't build it. You know, they're mm-hmm. saying, please just build these bridges mm-hmm. and they'll cross over, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's tough. It's really tough. It just breaks my heart. It makes me sad. Yeah. Ever since I got a dog, I felt much more closer to animals. I love that. I never really cared about them before. Did you have an animal growing up or no? Yeah. Mm. We had two cats and we had a big dog, Mara. But How, What was it about Dolly that changed changed the game for you? Just maybe cause... I had to do... She required so much work and mm. she was so difficult and really And she's pretty much loved. exclusively yours and Trisha's responsibility. Whereas, yeah. you know, a family dog is... It was like another roommate. Yeah. <laughs> and we had to give that dog away because Shane was allergic. Oh, shit. Uh, and that was sad, but I don't remember being that sad about it. I also mm. had a hamster and a turtle. I mean, I wasn't going to, like, kill these animals. I took right. care of them. Right, you weren't a serial want... killer. Yeah. No. But I didn't love them. Yeah. I just liked them. Okay. But I love Dolly. Sweet baby D. I love... I love... Sweet baby D. All right, Patrick. Do you have a score for this film? I do. Please go on. I think this will be our lowest, or it'll be my lowest for sure. Five point two. Whoa! I'm gonna go six point five. I always go higher. Wow! So let's just say like a five point eight. Let's say why like what there? gives you as because I even flirted with the idea of dipping below five. Um, I think it's an animated Japanese film. I think a lot of like white ladies would like be horrified by the the violence and mm-hmm. weirdness and supernaturalness. There's like some kind of experimental like moments where you're kind of like what's going on right now, you know? Yeah. It's it's unusual. But I mean uh, there's so much I think for me what puts it over 5 is the violence and the duration. I mean it's 2 hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. A little long. Um but I mean in in animated movies like strange weird stuff happens like even yeah, but like beauty in, and the beast not that much weird stuff happens i mean kind of he literally turns from like a human into a beast and then backward and they're mm. singing teapots and there's wow we are really on the opposite side on this one yeah well no we're scary. just we're, we just have varying vantage points i wouldn't say opposites you're right just like this movie we're in a gray area yeah we're in a gray area. very good patrick we'll say 5.8 you know i just think that japanese animation is sometimes a big hurdle for people mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean like it's it can be hard for people to get to get there. Yeah. But this is a good entry point. Um yeah, I would say this is my favorite Miyazaki film along with Spirited Away okay. and My Neighbor Totoro. My Neighbor Totoro is just such a sweet film. And I the imagination is wonderful. It it that one the millage is through the roof. <laughs> You got to be prepared for the millage. Okay. I'll, I'll, now I feel prepared. Uh, okay, Patrick. Do you have a drink pairing for us? You know, I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't have a drink pairing for this one. Okay. Is there anything you can think of that you would, that you would drink with us? Some warm sake. I thought about that, but that felt too on the nose. But they drink it in the movie. I know. I thought about sake, but uh, I should have said sake. It's okay, that Patrick. They don't, I can't think of anything else they drink in this movie. Yeah. I should have said sake. I just, it felt like too, I was, I was trying to be clever and so I dismissed it and Patrick, ended up I told you not I, to do that. I know, I know, though. I like sake. But, I don't have it enough. Yeah, I like it too. It's I think good. I haven't had it recently because I haven't been eating like sushi in restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's when I would usually it's have rare, it. It's rare. I mean, I wonder what percentage of people 
in the United States, go get sake at like their liquor store and bring it home. Hmm. Yes. I mean, it's good. I mean, I, I would, it's just, there's, I mean, there's so much stuff that competes for our palates. It's, it's hard. The, the, the palate competition is out of control, yeah. uh, but it's hard because I like, where do I fit that in? Cause it's like harder than wine, but not as alcoholic as hard alcohol. You know right. what I mean? It's yeah, like exactly. this in between. It's kind pretty of close to wine though. It's usually in the oh, 13 to 14%. Yeah. Very good. Patrick, uh, shame on you for not coming up with a drink pairing, but that's okay. Patrick, oh my God. Can you believe what, Patrick, do you know what next month is? <laughs> do I? Have you looked at your calendar lately? Oh, I've been staring at it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is everything okay or? <laughs> well, I'm just so excited for next month. And, oh, okay, And what okay, it has okay, in cool, store cool, for cool. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what, what's going on next month? So as you alluded to before, you and Trisha have your Shocktober all planned out. Yeah. Okay. And so what we're doing here on Fart House yes. is we're doing a whole month of spooky stinkies. Yay! Which that doesn't Meaning, mean they're not, not stinkers. They're not bad movies. No. They're not stinkers. They're stinkies. Yes. Okay. Which, Which means, I guess means uh, film. Yes. They for this month. Cause a stink because they're so insanely scary We're, yes exactly <laughs> you're so scared an odor permeates yes, from you you're that so smelly. scared you let out a helpless little fart you just yes, like exactly. something comes on the street like the sp- <laughs> spooky stinkies spooky people. stinkies and patrick which movie are we talking about next week we're doing and i might be mispronouncing this director's last name nicholas rogues don't look now Yes, With a great film. Donnie Sutherland, as I like to call him. Boom, Donnie. Donnie Sutherland. and What a uh, great run he had in the 70s. Seriously, so many good movies. And then, uh, is it Julie Christie? Is that who plays? Julie his? Christie. Yeah. Julie, Donnie, Ju- baby. Julie and Donnie, we love them. We love them. Who doesn't love Julie and Donnie? We'll have them over. A great film. You should watch this. If you haven't seen it, you should actually watch this because there is a... There's something that could be spoiled with this movie. Yeah, we'll. Th- I mean, we usually talk about how we don't love to do spoiler alerts because that's kind of defeats the purpose. But, but a lot of these movies, there's not really a spoiler. But for this one, I would say there is. Yeah, there's. I a would spoiler. just recommend watching it ahead of time. Should very much watch it, and if you don't, we will do a spoiler alert just because there. It, there's some... I'm just going for maximum impact, you yeah. know, for the yeah. watcher, the listener. I just. Uh, Check it out. Don't I, look now. Yeah, we really, really recommend you watch Don't Look Now. I think it'll be really. You'll, I think most folks will really enjoy it, and it'll be fun to listen to the episode after watching Don't Look Now. And they'll let out a little fart. Yes, a little stinky. Uh, spooky, stinky. a little spooky, stinky. A little spooky, stinky. Exactly. Ah, uh, okay, Patrick. <laughs> Very good. I'm excited to do horror movies. Me too. Ooh. I love it. I love when we do our theme months. So fun. Me too. Fans love them. We love them. Love it. Okay. It's all so much love. It's a lot of love. Patrick, that's our show. We did it. We recorded another episode. Can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, Farthouse Pod, Instagram at Farthouse Pod, which I must, we have to shout out somebody who did some fan art. Oh my God. I for know. For us. One Giant Eye. One Giant Eye. Um, do we have a name on this person? I don't know if we do. No, they just I don't go think by we... one giant eye, yeah. an illustrator. They did this wonderful <laughs> art of it's. You just got to see it to believe it. Go to our Twitter page; you'll see it there. I love that it's it's like packed full of. I mean, it's funny if you haven't heard the show, but it's like packed full of like 
inside jokes too yeah like if you're and a, it's if you're very <laughs> funny and it looks it's like professional it's yeah. like an actual professional artwork yeah uh, it's really it's good amazing. what is what was trisha's response when she saw it? she was blown out of her chair yeah she I was, was so excited to show people it's so funny it's unbelievable it's fantastic so yeah. check that out thank you one giant eye really great uh fan art really cool um, but yeah, that is our socials. If you want to follow Patrick on Twitter, he's at Patrick R. Mallon. On Letterboxd, he's at PR Mallon. I'm Casey Lee O'Brien on all services. Follow me. Uh, bump that letterbox count up. I think my mom followed me recently, which is very exciting. I believe she followed you as well. She is that did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow, cool. Um, I don't know if I've seen her log anything recently. I'll have to get on her about that when I return home to Minneapolis. Yes. Um, <laughs> Patrick, we did it. We did. The last thing, just to reiterate, you can now oh, yes. become a patron of the Farts. As of How do they do that? Right now. And what they do is they go to patreon.com slash farthousepod. Patreon.com slash farthousepod. Become a patron of the Farts. Get unprecedented access to a broad array of goodies joy. and joy. Yes. And you won't regret it. Um, we cannot offer a money back guarantee at this time, but you won't need one. Patrick, I don't even know why you're bringing this up. We can guarantee because they won't want you won't one. need a money back guarantee. People are going to be like, can we give you more money? And we'll yes. say, yes. In which case, can, can, can they give us more money? How can we do that? Let's they can Venmo you if they okay, want to yes. keep giving you money for some strange yes, reason. Yes, but... keep Venmoing us. Uh, okay, Patrick, that's it. That's the show. We are the Cinephile Cuties signing off. Bye-bye. Patas. Patas. Patas.